0: amen you may be seated well good morning hey I say this a lot but uh, I'm pastor Troy and if you're new with us today I would love for you to introduce yourself grab me after church introduce yourself to me and um, let me know you're new here but man it's so great to have each of you here Uh, we're, we're gonna be looking at really two different passages of Scripture we're going to bounce back and forth between Matthew chapter 1, which we started last week. We're going to use that as the kind of the base sermon for this, or scripture for this Sunday as well, Matthew chapter 1. But we're also going to look a lot at 1 Kings chapter 19. If if you have your Bibles and you want to look that up. Um, Hey, before we get to it, though, if you do not have one of these... You need to pick one up at the Welcome Center, if you would, as you leave. The Welcome Center right out this door to your right, or if you go out that door, just to your left. Um, It was the last Sunday in October that I shared from my heart about where the Lord's leading us as a church over these coming months and years. And um, it's stuff, it's places that's bigger than us right and I I think if we go anywhere less then it's insulting to God it's bigger than us but what that means is we need to be praying okay so if you weren't here on that Sunday I'm wanting to say it's like October 30 whatever that last Sunday was in October I shared from my heart about the future of new life Be sure to look that up on YouTube or something or let us help you find it or whatever. We want to be sure that everyone hears what was said because that's really pointing us to a very specific call to prayer. And we just put something together where we could be praying um, in unity as a church over a couple months. Uh, This week, coming up, uh, December 11th, pray for God's spiritual protection for our families, for our community, and for our church. Now, you might think, well, that sounds like an interesting focus on prayer for this week, um, God's protection, but I want to tell you this uh, spiritual warfare is very real, and as God continues to reach people through the ministry of new life, it just gets under Satan's skin, right? And it puts a bigger target on our back as families and individuals and as a corporate body and as leaders, et cetera. Um, You know, because we're doing everything we can to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. And (coughs) Satan doesn't like that. So we do need to pray for protection. uh, And that's what we're all praying about this week. But if you didn't get one of those Uh, Please pick one up and it'll list out the weeks. Put it on your dresser, your refrigerator, or whatever. Uh, We need to be praying. Amen? Amen. Uh, Well, we're in week two of looking at a powerful theological word. Uh, Some of you might remember what it was from last Sunday. Do you remember? Come on, just one person. (laughs) Incarnation. The first service only had about one person, so you guys didn't do much worse. Um, incarnation, which means God became flesh and dwelt among us, which relates very much to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, which is kind of our found foundational verse that we're looking at over these two weeks. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel, which means what? Yeah, so technically, the human mind can grasp the fact that God is with us, but we can, in our humanness, never adequately explain it. You know, we can't really, I mean, this is a divine mystery that's beyond our comprehension that God is with us. Last Sunday, we talked about the fact that it's easy to believe that God is with us. It's easy to sense his presence when things are going good, when you're on the mountaintop, when, um, you know, your child sleeps through the night, when you get the raise or whatever. Uh, It's easy to, to experience the presence of God in those moments and to grasp that thought God is with us. But remember, we talked about when you're in the valley, it's not so easy, Right. Um, When life is hard, it's not so easy to grasp the fact that God is with us. When things are difficult, it's not so easy to grasp Emmanuel, God is with us. Sometimes life is just hard. Makes me think of the, uh, the monk... At the monastery, I didn't get a lot of reaction out of this first service. I'll give you guys a chance. Um, The monk at the monastery, and they were, there was this vow of silence. And these monks, monks could literally only speak once every 10 years. And they were allowed to say two words at the end of every 10 years. They were allowed to break that vow of silence. And so... This one monk is there and his 10 years comes up and the head monk comes to him and says, hey, we're going to let you break your vow of silence here for for two words. After 10 years, what do you want to say? And the monk thinks for a minute, he says, food bad. (laughs) And then back to the vow of silence, another 10 years, no talking. And um, 10 more years pass by. He's 20 years into this thing. He's allowed to say two more words. And the head monk comes to him and says, Hey, we're going to let you break your vow of silence for a moment. What, what are the two words you want to say? And he says, bed hard. And that was it. Back to the vow of silence. Another... Entire decade passes. I mean, 30 years into this guy's vow of silence at this monastery, and the end of that third decade comes, and the head monk comes back to him and says, Okay, we're going to let you break your vow of silence. For two words, what do you want to say? And that monk looks very purposefully at the head monk, and he just says, I quit. Um, the head monk looks at this monk and he says, nothing about that surprises me. All you've done since you've been here is complained. <laughs> you know, life is just hard. And sometimes it's more difficult than just bad food or a hard bed. It gets really seriously hard, and it's in those moments that in our head we know God is with us, but in our heart we're sitting there going, really? Um, You know, when you're hurting, when you're feeling alone, when you're worried, when you're afraid, when you're battling depression, Uh, and so this morning what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about the God of the wilderness, last week we talked about how we enjoy God when we're on the mountaintop, but we get to experience him in the valley. Today I want to talk about the fact that yes, we get to enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we, we get to know him intimately in the wilderness. It's another metaphor that scripture uses. We, we enjoy him on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the wilderness. Um, know how do we experience God's presence in the wilderness you know because the wilderness really is often described as it's it's barren it's dry it's a it's a desolate place Uh, it's a place you feel very much alone right in the wilderness there's a sense of wandering in the wilderness right it makes me think of the mission trip our church did a number of years ago to La Carbonera, Nicaragua, and um, we were out in the middle of nowhere, Nicaragua, and uh, we were working on a child development center or something. And uh, all of a sudden, somewhere it started raining up north or whatever, I don't know, I can't remember. But to get to La Carbonera, you had to cross this river and you could drive a truck across it full of people or you know if you had to you could walk across it or whatever it's just a pretty wide situation but not too crazy but this particular day it it flooded and somewhere from up north man the water was just gushing down and um and so it was so strong we we couldn't after work that day we couldn't drive back through the river to get back to where we were staying and um i mean it was it is one of those sometimes you'll hear me talk about the forces of nature and it's just one of those forces of nature that you look at and you're like you have no words to describe wow i mean this is undescribable the power that you're witnessing i remember we always took one of our kids with us each trip and uh i had cody with me that trip he was younger and And we were all standing at the edge of the river, just like, what are we going to do? Because we're literally in the middle of nowhere, Nicaragua. And we can't cross the river. It's too dangerous. And I see these locals come down and they're in this little pickup truck out in the middle of nowhere. And they're going to attempt to cross the river. And I literally grabbed Cody. I remember this clear as day. I turned him around, I walked away, and I'm like, I don't want him to see somebody die because several guys are about to die if they try to cross this river, you know. I can't afford the counseling bill for that. Um, We had to go back the other way. We, We had to cross this creek. I say a creek, crick. How many say crick? We know it's a crick. Thank you for that one hand. The rest of y'all need to learn something, um, and but it was just this raging. You know, we literally had to do like a human chain, and we had all of our kids with us, and all the, and you know, boy, if you didn't hold on to something, you were going to be swept down. And we finally got across that. After we got across that, we were just in the wilderness, the Nicaraguan wilderness, and this was in the middle of the night. Okay, which made it even more like, ooh. And that's one of two times I remember in my life as an American that I thought, no matter what I do, no matter what happens in this moment with this group of 20, 30, 40 people, I cannot call for help. No one's going to hear me. I can't call on a phone, I can't call in a chopper, I can't call in an ambulance, I can't call in police. I mean, we're out in the middle of wilderness. And I want to tell you, it is a scary, eerie feeling to be there where you can't just pick up a cell phone and call someone. I mean, even if I would have had a million dollars, I couldn't have had someone appear with a truck or an ambulance until we got way out on the other side. That's what I think about when I think about the wilderness. Scary, eerie, oh, even though we were with 30, 40 people probably in our group that year. Were any of you there with me that year? Oh, yeah, Brian. Oh, yeah, Brian, Doug. You guys going to go back with me? <laughs> um, it's so scary. And in the wilderness, it, it, that's what I think of. I'm like, this is, this is eerie. Um, and the reality is, is that some of you may be in the wilderness right now, you know, you're, you're stuck in this job that, you know, whatever you fill in the blank, you, you wonder if you're, you should go back to school and, um, but that's going to create more debt in your life. You know, you're dating someone that be, seems to be afraid of marriage and you've been dating them for a long time and they're not, you know, and you're wondering, should I continue to invest in this relationship? uh maybe some of you are on the other end of the spectrum where you're in your your retirement years and i'm not there yet but what i from what i understand the first part of retirement kind of feels a little bit like vacation but then you kind of hit this reality that this is this is the rest of my life and there's a little bit of an eerie like you know wilderness feeling right um But whatever your wilderness, you know, you feel alone, you feel lost, you feel disoriented. Uh, Most of the time when you're in the wilderness, you feel like no one understands your particular situation. Now, what's interesting is that oftentimes a wilderness experience is followed by a mountaintop experience. Um, And in fact, that's exactly what happened to Jesus. Uh, Jesus was being baptized by John and the river. And if you know the story, the heavens open up, the dove descends and God speaks and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, how does life get any better than that? But as soon as that moment is over, what happens? Jesus is driven off into the what? The wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. a mountaintop followed by a wilderness uh you know maybe maybe you can relate you you know things have been going great but then you find out that somebody you love has been unfaithful to you maybe a child has not been honest with you a spouse hasn't been honest with you or whatever uh and suddenly you're in the wilderness um Or maybe it's a financial wilderness and um, you're in this situation where you're trying to get out of debt and then all of a sudden, you know how it it goes, your car breaks down and whatever else and it all kind of rains, it pours and you're in this financial wilderness and you're spiritually dry and here's, here's the thought of the morning and I, I don't want you to just hear this with your head, I want you to hear this with your heart, all right, this is the big idea of the morning. Your wilderness as terrible as it may be becomes a good thing when it deepens your dependence upon God. You know that this is for another sermon another day but that's why the Bible talks about we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him. It's not because he works everything out according to the circumstances the way we want it to work out. It's because when our circumstances help us to depend more on God than we currently are. It's working out for our well-being, right? You know, let me talk about Elijah for a moment as we switch over to the other passage. Elijah, you've heard me talk about him on and off throughout the years here. Just an interesting guy that God used in massive ways. Um, and In fact, I would go as far as to say that Elijah is one of the most interesting, most colorful people, in the Bible um, God used him at a time um, in the history of Israel when they were being ruled by a wicked king uh, and Elijah was used to bring revival to Israel and he's literally on the mountaintop and um, he's experiencing the power of God on the mountaintop and then almost immediately after we see he moved from the mountaintop to the wilderness experience he's desperate he's depressed he feels all alone all alone in fact for those of you who don't know the story let me give you some context um, some backstory to it uh, there was an evil king by the name of king ahab and king ahab had an evil even more evil wife whose name was do you know it jezebel, jezebel. Uh, Jezebel had heard what Elijah had done Uh, she got mad she essentially looked at her husband the king King Ahab and said if you can't do the job right I'm gonna do it right anybody ever hear that before Um, and she sends word to Elijah that by this time tomorrow Elijah you're gonna be dead she threatens him Uh, King Ahab had been coming after him for years but as soon as this woman got mad at him Elijah gets scared right It's okay to chuckle, it's just it's funny, none of the guys are chuckling. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Jezebel makes this threat. Uh, The king has been pursuing Elijah for years, and this is what the Bible says. First Kings 19, starting with verse three, and we're going to work down through some of this. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Now stop there. This is before Uber. This is before taxis. This is before any of that stuff. A hundred miles to get away from this angry woman who has threatened to take his life. He, You know, think about it. He was literally on a mountaintop. And then he was driven into the wilderness where he was scared and hurting and depressed and alone verse four the second part he came to a broom bush sat down under it and prayed that he might die i've had enough lord he said take my life i am no better than my ancestors now elijah in that moment said the same words that so many of us have have felt in life i've had enough I can't take it anymore. He had fought with bravery. He had shown faith, but he had reached the end of his rope. And I would imagine that in a crowd this size, there are some who are there right now, right? I've had enough. I don't understand it. Uh, I, I can't take it anymore. You know, you, you love your kids, but they're a lot of work, right? Um, or, you're in a school situation or a work situation or in a relational situation where you you just feel like quitting. You're trying to get ahead financially and you're making progress, but then your kid sticks an M&M up his nose and there's a thousand dollar visit to the emergency room, right? Uh, And you're like, "I, I feel overwhelmed. I just can't take anymore. And this is apparently what happened to Elijah the prophet. He had experienced the presence and the power of God. Now, let me give you a little bit uh, more backstory detail here. Uh, Elijah stood up to this evil king, um, prophesied. He called for God to bring a drought on the land as a punishment uh, for the king's sins. And sure enough, God stops the rain. Um, This king is mad at Elijah, and so he sends his forces to hunt Elijah down. Um, elijah hides for three years god is protecting him in fact some of you may have heard the story about elijah being fed by the ravens right uh this is part of that story then uh, in the midst of this god uses elijah to raise a boy from the dead um this is the moment where elijah stands down 150 prophets of baal um God sends the fire literally down from heaven that consumes the altar, the sacrifice and everything in its path. And God destroys all of those false prophets. Eventually, Elijah asks God to make it to rain again. And again, if you know the story, there's the cloud the size of a man's hand that the servant sees, and it's going to bring the rain in it, and it does. And, And Elijah has experienced the protection and the provision of God Elijah understood the presence of God. Elijah had experienced the greatness of God. And then this woman, King Ahab's wife, makes a threat on his life and he runs um, for his life. There may be someone here right now, you're there, you're like, I just can't take anymore, right? I'm done. Um i'm tired right but but the reality is this if, if you were just tired you could take a nap and your issues would be resolved right it's more than tired you're not just in need of physical rest as much as your need of spiritual replenishment you're spiritually depleted you know what you need is to be in the presence of a holy god a god that loves you a good god a god that cares for you you need this moment where You experience God's grace and God's goodness and his kindness. You need to experience the mercy of God. It's more than just taking a nap. Verse 5. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank. Then lay down again. Side note. Side note sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest you know that you know sometimes i feel guilty for just resting i'm like shouldn't there be something i'm doing verse seven the angel of the lord came back a second time and touched him and said get up and eat for the journey is too much for you so he got up and he ate and drank strengthened by the food he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached horeb the mountain of god there he went to a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him what are you doing here Elijah now stop there God may be speaking to someone here right now and when what are you doing why why are you hiding from the God who loves you why are you hiding from the very people who want to help you and then The story goes on elijah this yes this incredible prophet of god and he gets whiny right you know and it happens to the best of us when god doesn't do things our way when god doesn't do things in our timing we get whiny verse 10 he replied This is Elijah talking, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, I am the only one left. And now, they're trying to kill me too. So Elijah's in this spiritual wilderness, he's hurting, he can't see beyond his own need, nobody understands what he's going through, I'm all alone, I'm desperate, and what does God do? God meets him at his place of his deepest need. God meets him at his point of his deepest vulnerability. And God, the good God that we serve, brings healing in the midst of his hurt, in the midst of his wilderness. Verse 11. What's interesting is God was not in the remarkable. God was in the ordinary. Um, Here's an interesting observation. Why is it that in the midst of difficulty, why is God's voice so quiet? Why is God's voice so still? Why is God's voice so small? You know, why doesn't in the midst of my wilderness, and I've been there, and I wish this would have happened, but... Why doesn't God shout or speak in spectacular ways in the midst of our wilderness? This is the reason. He doesn't have to shout because He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's God incarnate, God who became flesh, and He's dwelling. Among us. He whispers because he's so close to us. He doesn't have to shout. He whispers because he's nearby. Back to our key passage, Matthew 1 She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see that the devil shouts his lies, but God whispers his truth. And he says, and some of you need to hear this this morning, I will. Never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will stick closer to you than a friend or a brother. I'm with you. Thus, our theme for this Advent season a thrill of hope. That's how we have hope because God is with us, even in the valley, like we talked about last week, even in the wilderness, like we're talking about today. Listen to what David said regarding God's presence. Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. How close is God? God is close enough to guide you as he holds your hand. So we enjoy him on the mountaintops. We get to know him in the valley, in the wilderness. We enjoy him on the mountaintop. We get to experience God in the valley or in the wilderness. Uh, It's in the wilderness that you're given the opportunity to be sustained by God who will go all the way with you no matter how hungry you get, no matter how frail, no no matter how weak you get it's in the wilderness that I learn that I'm not that impressive but it's also in the wilderness where I learn it's okay that I'm not that impressive my ordinary is enough the, the, or, the wilderness offers you the opportunity to be restored by God if we'll just stay there and understand what it is for what it is and we'll truly believe that Emmanuel God is with us. When you're wandering in the wilderness and feel like nobody understands, you gotta understand God is good. God knows what's going on. God cares. God's with you. And he's telling us that if we'll just step out of the craziness and the busyness of our world for just a moment during this Advent season, will realize that. He'll meet you there. Because who is he? Matthew chapter 1, read it with me. Verse 23, she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's exactly how our theme can be a thrill of hope. That's how we have hope is because God is with us. Now, we're going to sing this song that I, I really want you to, I really want you to look at your own life and think about these words and some of you, let me tell you, some of you are on a mountaintop right now, I get that, but this message applies to every one of us, whether it's now or later, right, because life just happens. Um, But there may be someone here this morning that goes, man, that's me, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm scared, I'm alone, I'm what, you know, you fill in the blank. And if that's you and you want to come pray at these altars, man, we love to pray with people. We'd love to invite you to come pray. Um, Or maybe you just need God to go to take these lyrics to this song and really instill them into your heart and make them real to you this morning. Whatever it is, whatever, just mind God this morning as we worship. Let me pray with you as I first, if I can. Father, I come to you in this moment and I thank you for your good word. I thank you for your presence and your power and your faithfulness even in the wilderness. Lord, there are people under the sound of my voice who are there right now. We simply ask you to do your work in their heart this morning and in their life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lead us if you would.
1: womb you formed me with your hands known and loved by you before I took a breath when I doubted Lord remind me I'm wonderfully made you're an artist and a potter I'm the canvas and the clay and you make all things work together for my future and for my good and you make all things work together for your glory sing together when I doubt because when I doubt it Lord remind me I'm wonderfully made you're an artist and apart, potter I'm the canvas That he's not finished with us. Thanks for being with us today in New Life. You guys are dismissed.